back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo, and I've got Pistol on the line there. Pistol, how are you going there, champion? I'm very good, thanks. Sorry about the quality. I am in Sydney again. Look, so you should be. Uh, we always try and organise weeks in advance for you to take your <laughs> microphone with you, so I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in you, Pistol. You need to up your game. Oh, yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to this week, but uh, maybe next time. Speaking of up in games, uh, I am continuing that Cheezo chase down. Uh, that's our new hashtag that we've got for it. I've coined it just now. Pistol, I'm only 170 points behind you, mate. This is going to be... Uh, I might even run you down before the home straight. Might run you down by around 20. You gained more than 170 points on me last week. So I think um, next week we might have a new leader. We'll see how... Uh the team holds up, which I'm not looking forward to it, that's for sure. Look, it's one of those situations we say every single year, and I reach out to the community pistol and I say, look, hold on to your trades, and I've got, I talked to you through the week, and you're still not holding on to your trades, mate. Is there is there any situation that you, you, you think that you might just, you know, in future years, learn from one of these, uh, these situations where I chase you down every year, mate? Trades aren't the problem. It's the players that uh, are playing and have gone to a absolute crud. I mean, you're just stuck with the Sloans and the Rockcliffs, and you're like, well, I can't trade them out because it's not worth it. And um, it's almost worse having them on your field and not being able to trade them than if they copped um, a bad injury and then getting rid of them permanently. You're just copying all these 50 scores. It's just killer. I, I do like the situation of uh, Pendles being injured because it makes it really easy for me to decide whether to play Witherden or Pendles this week because, you know, particularly with Rocky and Sloan, these kind of guys, I'm really just having difficulty deciding whether to even put um, a rookie over top of them. So, um, although one of the things I have noticed, Pistol, um, while I'm thinking of it, is I think this is pretty much the year where I'm going to give up on all these, you know, tried and true players. You know, the the Rockies, the Gaz, um, uh, the Sloan, Pendles. I think it, I think from future years, I might just be looking at the young brigade, like uh, uh, the Lockie Neals, the Zeretts, the Titches, the Bonts, these kind of guys. I think maybe it's time that this is the last year that we have a lot of these guys, mate. I, th- I think um, from what we've seen this year that... It's almost the case that you would have been better off if you uh, had chosen these younger players than the older type. Yeah, definitely. It's been a very strange year. I think you can add Hanabry to the list of um, proven primos, we should say, that have flopped. I mean, even Selwood, who's been uh, um, copped that head knock, he's going at less than 105 average. JPK is just at 105 average, although most of the time we get these players expecting 110 plus. So it's certainly been a very strange year for the, I guess, tried and true premiums. They're just not performing to the standards we expect. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, basically the, the new generation of guys that are coming through that we're looking at, maybe even looking like a, uh, a Matt Crouch, your boy from the Keeper League, you're really, really proud on. You always remind me every time he gets uh, another 30-plus disposal game. So these kind of the guys could be who we're looking at in future seasons, uh, possibly even as early as next year. And, um, you know, with uh, Pendles and uh, and uh, Gaz out this week, it, uh, um, it definitely does uh, hold a little bit of credence there. Hey, we'll jump straight into the teams here, mate. Uh, I'll kick it off with the Adelaide Crows and the uh, Cats game uh, Friday night at, at uh, Adelaide Oval. Um, Alex Keith, the former Big Bash player, um, finally getting his uh, his go off the rookie list with uh, my boy Jakey Lever out with a hamstring. Uh, BT will be very disappointed about that pistol. Um, on the Cats side of things, Tommy Stewart and Scott Selwood comes back in. Scooter's probably going to be a laid out for like the fourth week running. Um, and uh, Sam Simpson is omitted 
Fitted and Brandon Parfit has pinged. Uh, I'm pretty sure he pinged the exact same hammy as he did before uh, their pistol. Maybe it's just uh, one of these small forwards that we have that just run too quick till their hammies just fall apart. Oh, well, I hope not. He's looking a very promising player. Um, but yeah, these hamstring injuries are pretty much affecting everyone nowadays. We see a lot of people out with a hammy uh, this week, um, including Gaz. So yeah, it's a bit of a shame and hopefully they don't get rushed back. Yeah, and uh, on the emergencies for Adelaide, Jordan Gallucci, he is uh, their first round pick from last year. He's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm hoping they just keep holding him back so he's, uh, his price is pretty limited, uh, pretty low for next year. Um, how do you see this one playing out, mate? Obviously, we all had that panic stations. I was watching it live when uh, uh, Danger tried to snap his ankle off and all kind of hell broke loose and you and I were you know, pulling our hair out. So uh, do you actually see uh, particularly uh, Danger but also Sloan, obviously both named in the teams, do you think that they're both going to get up? Oh, I, I hope so. I think they both will play, and uh, if I had to tip, I think um, Geelong's going to get over the line. Yeah, I think I'm on the exact same kind of uh, wavelength, mate. I kind of have a feeling that Danger is more than he's he's more than fifty fifty going to play. Um, I think it's of of all the weeks that they could have played cat and mouse. This is probably the biggest one because. It is like that top-of-the-table clash. He's playing against his old side. But he did fly to Adelaide a day earlier than the rest of his teammates. So, you know, it, the only way he's not going to play is if it's he, he fails a fitness test on the day. It's not like that he didn't go with the rest of the team. So um, that's one thing to keep in mind. Rory Sloan is the one that I'm a little bit curious of because he's obviously taken so many head knocks in the, in the past. You know, he's had series of plates put in his face once a season for the last five years uh, maybe it's going to be a bit of a Selwood where he just you know he just needs that week off and because it's at home they can afford to name him and then pull him out at the last minute they don't have to worry about making that decision um, midweek they can make that decision you know right up to 90 minutes before the game pistol well, fortunately, they are the first game of the round, so we'll know any late changes before the week starts, and we can uh, plan our trades accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, mate, uh, jump into the next game, Essendon and North Melbourne there, mate. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath with the uh, the, the Bombers just uh, stamping their credentials on top eight, don't you reckon? <laughs> well, they, they probably will get over the line in this one. We've got <laughs> Job Watson coming in, and... Uh, Jaden Laverty, because Laverty's the wordy, and he's back in. Josh Green is out with a hammy injury. Craig Bird is out being omitted. On the North Melbourne side, you have, wow, there's quite a lot of outs. Um, Jaxie Bell's out, managed. Corey Wagner, ankle. Mitch Hibbard, shoulder. Todd Goldstein, omitted. Lindsay Thomas, omitted. Um, in Trent DeMont, Jared Waite, Ryan Clark, Sam Durden, and Nick Larkey in for first game. Um, I think the big news of this one is obviously Todd Goldstein omitted Chizo. Um, what do you make of this? Oh, Todd Goldstein. I, I was wondering uh, whether it was going to be the Mitch Hibbert out with a shoulder after he strung us on all year to, to only injure himself like five <laughs> minutes into the next game he played. Um, it is interesting. I think something that we talked about um, a few, weeks, a few uh, weeks leading up to this moment where we kind of get the feeling that um, Scott was going to give... Todd Goldstein that time out of the team because, you know, you've got all those rumours of him, you know, moving on at the end of the year, trying to to get out of the ruse. They're obviously rebuilding. Um, Interesting that the ruse are kind of going more um, on the attacking style as they're doing their rebuild, trying to to keep that that volleyball fast-paced 
up and down the, the the field compared to the the lower teams, say like a Brendan Bolton with Carlton, and uh, say the Demons with Paul Roos, they were all very defensive when they were starting to rebuild. So it's interesting that North's still keeping that attacking flair, and I think that's probably why they've gone for quite um, a young team coming in in this week. I know um, you'd think with Todd Goldstein, Lindsay Thomas going out, you'd almost be inclined to keep your captain in Jack Zebel playing even when you felt like you needed to manage him, considering all the experience out, basically the only tried and true player that they have coming in from those ends is Jared Waite, and he only plays one week every five weeks, Pistol. So it's clear that they've kind of put a pin in the 2017 season. They're trying to get some games into these youngsters, which you know maybe they could have done that in the first half of the year so they don't just have to start tanking five years before the year's over, Pistol. <laughs> And the strangest thing is Goldstein's out and Proust doesn't even make his way into the side. Um, so, look, if you have Goldstein, are you suggesting that you think it's time to get rid of him, Peter? I think we're more than likely going to see at least one more instance of this in the coming weeks. I, I, if I was an All-Australian in a rebuilding side trying to get yeah, get back up the ladder and put in some good performances, I'm not sure I'd take too kindly to being put in the VFL, so... Um, I'm not sure he's going to be putting in these massive amounts of efforts to show the coach that he deserves to be in there. So um, I, I can kind of see that this might be a, a recurring thing. We might see Goldie come back in. Um, and the Essendon uh, ruck line isn't, you know, you wouldn't say it's first rate. Tommy Bell Chambers is a trier, but if there was a team that you could, you know, give Mac Jackdaw um, that first ruck position. And the thing is with Mac Jackdaw, he looks so at sea in all the, all his other positions. The only one where he seems to f- appear to be playing naturally is when he is that R1, where he can just go run after the ball like Ozkick and not have to worry about the running patterns and the, and, and the structure. He can just go after the ball. And you've got a Goliath like him running around going after the ball. And, you know, he's still young, mid-20s. That's, you know, that, that's kind of what you want, wouldn't you think? Yes, but I'd also love to hear you say to Magic Door to his face that he runs around like it's Ozkick and see what his response is. Well, it's probably the best compliment he's got. Should we jump into the next game? I uh, just wanted to point out that Darcy Parrish is named in the followers there. Their cannon and pistol that have been giving me grief during the week. Uh, he is definitely getting some on-ball time this week. Um, one that I'm interested didn't get a game from an Essendon side of thing here, Pistol, is Josh Begley. He, the, the fridge has been absolutely killing it. Um, he, he's definitely going to get games towards the end of the year um, unless we're really, really pushing for finals and we're not ready to blood it. Uh, any, uh, any more use there, mate? Um, Jumping into the next game here, we've got um, Melbourne and Port Adelaide at the MCG. Um, a few changes on either side. Jasper Pittard omitted again this season. Um, just doesn't seem to be in the right headspace at Port at the moment, so maybe we might see him uh, uh, looking to change clubs in the off-season. Um, Matt Broadbent comes back in after that little uh, injury that's been keeping him out. Uh, on the Demon side of things, we've got a, a whole host of changes. Dom Tyson, Jack Watts, Jack Viney, Christian Salem and Jack Trengrove coming in. So some big ins there for Melbourne. On the outs, uh, Bernie Vince with his suspension. Joel Smith omitted. Dean Kent with a shoulder. Uh, Josh Wagner omitted. And Cam Pedersen omitted. Um, even with all those outs, Cam Pedersen couldn't injure one more of his teammates to keep his side there pistol. That conspiracy uh, seems to have just fallen uh, out to the wayside a little bit. Well, that's a, a lot of really big ins for the Ds. Um, they've got a really strong team on the park, and 
uh, they're going to be pushing really hard for finals, and this is going to be a really great game. Yeah, and uh, the, I think the best thing that we can take out of these ins is that Max Gorn finally has someone to hand, like to, to tap the ball to. You, you had the likes of, um, of all these second-rate midfielders, uh, well, them, you know, the AFL players, but um, not, not their first-string midfield for Melbourne. So obviously, um, if he's not getting these uh, taps going straight to his midfielders, and they're maybe even been sharked by the other side, he's going to have his his supercoach score be um, affected by it. So with the likes of Dom Tyson um, and Jack Viney coming back in, he's definitely going to see his um, supercoach potential increase again. Um, so I like the the, the the likes of that for Max Gorn looks very positive. For those that have um, expected a little bit more from Maxi since his return here, Bistol, it's been a little bit lackluster, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he definitely last week, I think... Um shocks people who just traded him in and I saw some comments on the post some people traded Grundy to him which is a bit strange but um, yeah scoring 57 is not what you want from a primo ruck and uh, there was probably buyer's remorse for half the people but with this uh, midfield back in I think we're going to be expecting some big scores on the run home and I think we'll get them yeah I I certainly expect that Um, one thing I do want to talk about here Pistol is just uh, while I've got it on my mind Chad Wingard named in a forward pocket again this week he seems to be playing so much further up the ground this year. Is he possibility of getting that DPP that we all love? And, you know, with the likes of Jack McRae and uh, probably Elliot Yo that are going to lose that, that forward DPP, um, can we see that Wingard might become a little bit more, um, a bit more influential next year in our teams by the fact that he could pick up some really nice DPP action? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's 50-50 chance on him retaining the forward status um, rather than just becoming a mid. It's right on the, the fence. I think the last five rounds will play a major part in what position he'll start next year. Yeah, awesome. Um, and uh, we'll get you to jump into the Western Bulldogs and uh, Gold Coast Suns in Cairns there, mate. Uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump up from me. Uh, funny that I actually, I usually go up and watch it, but I forgot about it this year, so <laughs> I'm not actually going to, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go up there and uh, and see the Suns um, just flail around in the wet again. <laughs> uh, well, on the Bulldog side, we've got Stringer out with a hamstring injury. Eason Wood comes back in, which is a big in for them. On the Suns side, you've got Jared Lyons out with that ankle, Steve May out with that hammy, Gary Ablett out with a hammy, and in comes uh, Fiorini, Lonergan, and Scrimshaw for his first game. Look, we said um, a few weeks ago... Um, when Gaz was out, it wasn't going to be the last time that he's out for the season. And here we go again. He's out. Chizo, if you held Gary Ablett, obviously you were happy with that 160. But is enough enough? Is now the time when you kind of realise there's five weeks to go. He's probably going to miss one of the games in my finals and cost me later. Should I move him on? Oh, mate, I, I moved him on after that one week hammy a minute ago. Like, I, I literally upgraded him, upgraded to him for one week. Got a score out of him, got injured, gave him the flick, came back for 160. I didn't have him on that stage, but then he's gone out. I'm totally with you. I think that um, he travels about as well as uh, West Coast at this stage. So um, I think that if I had Gaz with his price, what it is at the moment, up around the 600s, I'd be more inclined to go straight to like a Tom Mitchell, um, give or take a few thousand dollars, to get that done because... 
I just feel so much safer having the likes. Uh, uh, going back to the point at the start of the podcast where we have this new brigade coming through, I just feel so much safer having, say, a Titch or a Zeret instead of a, a Gaz this year because, yes, he can put up a 160, but he gets a zero next week So he, because he doesn't play. Like, I'm, I'm getting 80s from Tom Rockliffe. Yeah, no, that's exactly well. I should be so lucky to get 80 from Tom Rockwood, Chiso. Um, he's struggling a bit. But no, I definitely agree. I think this is not going to be the first time that Ablett's out or the last time. So um, I would trade him if I had the trade to do so, especially this week with Pendles out and the doubts of Sloan and Dangerfield. Um, yeah, this, this week you'd be copying a donut if you choose incorrectly. So. Yeah, big, big call there, but I think it's uh, going to be the right move. And they're huge outs for the Suns. You've got Jared Lyons, who is super un- underrated. He's been fantastic since Barlow's gone down with that leg injury. He's gone basically as a, that in that number one mid into the Suns' lineup, and he's just been absolutely killing it. Goes very underrated, that bloke. Um, Stephen May, just with a, a string. Um, if there was going to be a one-week hamstring pistol, I'd say that Stephen May's along that line. So only a very slight... Um, one there, and again, it's Gaz comes out with a hamstring that we don't really hear a little, uh, too much about until suddenly he's just not there. Pistol, so um, they they definitely like to keep that one a little close to the chest. Um, Jack Scrimshaw, I just want to touch on a, a, a few points um, that he has been um, playing this year. He's he's one of those guys that I really feel like has just been given that um, that late season game, particularly when they're um, they're playing. Uh, um, in Queensland, um, he's been playing quite well across the the half back and the knee full. But um, again, we say it a few times this year. You have one really outstanding game in the the, the under um, under leagues, and then they you, you get your you get your chance. It's happened with quite a lot of um, quite a lot of uh, debutants this year. Pistol uh, last week, um, twenty six touches at ninety two percent efficiency, which is absolutely fantastic. But with that half back role, he is. Um, kind of hitting up that loose target as they are trying to switch out of the back line. So I do see him as kind of that um, Alex Witherden kind of play, um, uh, kind of um, role for the Suns. I don't, not saying that he's going to be as good as Alex Witherden has in his, his first month of football, but he definitely plays a similar sort of role. Um, but over the last few uh, a few games in the NEFL, 20-plus disposals, really, really good kicking efficiency. He's got a great left foot. Um, I think that he's going to be a, a one to definitely watch out for, and let's just hope he only gets one game this season, Pistol. And Tom Lynch as well came out during the week saying he was disappointed in his performances. His hip's been giving him all sorts of problems, but he's taken painkillers and gotten some jabs, and he said he's right to play. So hopefully we can get some good scores out of Tom Lynch because he's just been letting us down and not reach those lofty heights that he set last year. It's interesting that they've just come out with that because the type of procedure that he had, he had a hip GI, which basically they give you a local anesthetic. Uh, under local anesthetic, they give you a, an injection of usually like a cortisone or a, a celestone or something like that into the, the hip joint. Um, or even if it's a, a bursitis issue, which is the, the fluid, that um, a little fluid sac of the synovial fluid for the joint. So there's two different areas that can get inflamed. So it, it, it's interesting that they're just coming in now to say that he has been having those jabs because they tend to be a, um, you know, a six-weekly thing, particularly for a, a professional athlete. Um, so it, it would be interesting that he's only having it now. I'm, I'm sure that at some point during the year they've probably given him um, a, a variety of different jabs, but um, it is a, a little bit more um, in-depth procedure. So 
Um, hopefully that's going to get him through to the end of the season and I wouldn't be surprised if he does have some um, some cleanup surgery and possibly even a delayed start to the preseason there, Pistol, because uh, those hip injuries can be ones that stay for quite a long time if you get some um, impingement in your acetabulum. So a um, lot of big words there, mate. Um, I'm sure they mean absolutely nothing too, but basically, some, <laughs> basically summing it up, it, it, it's... without. I know he came out and said that He's got no excuse for the way he's played this year, but it is one of those things that really restricts you um, physically, particularly with your running capacity. And we know Tommy Lynch is such a an aerobic kind of uh, key forward. So um, hopefully over the off-season he can get that freed up and become that, uh, that better runner um, coming into the 2018 season. Um, hey, we'll jump into the absolute best game of the round, Fremantle and Hawthorne there, Pistol. I know you've been uh, just... Waiting for the news of your forward DPP Bay, Josh DeLuca, to come back in, mate. You must be over the moon. <laughs> right when I need him as well. He definitely provides good cover. I could have uh, used him last week instead of copping a donut. Um, so Luke Ryan has been omitted with Brennan Cox. Uh, they were found drinking um, during the week, which they weren't allowed to do, so they've been dropped um, for this week. I assume that means they're going to come back in the side, but who really knows? Cam McCarthy comes in, as you said, does Josh DeLuca on the Hawthorne side. Kurt Heatherly is omitted, as is Kate Stewart. In comes Brendan Whitecross, and Connor Glass, the Irishman, gets his first game. Yeah, it's interesting here, mate. I, I, how do you get found drinking? You know, we've got the guys that get pulled up by the cops and they, they lose their licence and whatnot for drink driving it. Is it one of those things that, like, you know, Ross has just dropped over to Lukey Ryan's house walked into the lounge room and then there's there's Luke Ryan and Brennan Cox just yeah sinking a few bevies. How does that work? I don't I I honestly don't understand it. Oh, I'm not sure, but with this day and age with all the social media going around, I'm sure there was some sort of snap or two somewhere and found its way into the wrong hands. I'm just purely speculation, but that would seem a logical explanation. <laughs> Nat Fife seems to be back, mate. Just uh, I just want to hear you admit that it, you would have loved to have held him. Well, I would have rather hold him over Sloan and, and Rockliffe, I guess. But, look, two games doesn't make a season. He does look back, I will admit it. He's getting the contested ball now, which he wasn't getting as much before. He's playing in the midfield now instead of forward. So all signs point to fighters go. He's ready to rock for the rest of the season, and I don't have him anymore. So um, <laughs> hopefully he... He's just had a two-game burst, and now he uh, has to take it easy for the rest of the season. Well, he's, he's had that contested possession jump, and uh, the one thing that I think I mentioned in an earlier podcast of the year, when you watched him play, he just looked lethargic, and he, he, he wasn't running from contest to contest. I think in the last two weeks, for anyone that's watched five minutes of the game, he's just doing that head-first, go at the ball, I want it. I'll, it doesn't matter how many people around me, I'm going to get it. And not only that, he's able to... Um, use his uh, efficient disposal to be able to hit his target. So uh, quite a lot of the balls that he's, he's getting to the underneath the pack and shoveling it out, he's able to find a target. The one thing I do want to touch on with Fife, and I know you've talked about it before, is the best combination of, um, over the last few years, the best combination of a Ruckman and Rover was the Sanderlands Fife. In, I'm talking about hit-outs to advantage that went to a particular player. Sanderlands to Fife was the number one combination for those hit-outs. Without... Um, Sandlands and the team, he off, uh, 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 he appeared to suffer, didn't he? He he wasn't getting that spoon fed. He was going to have to chase after the ball. Um, whether it was like the the whole contract thing um, weighing on his mind, no one can say except himself. But um, 
without Sandilands in the team, he, he seems to have found a way to not rely on those hit-outs that he can just wait to come down his throat. He's able to uh, kind of add that extra step to his team, his his gameplay where he can um, not rely on those hit-outs to come to him. He's able to read the play a bit better and go get the ball. So um, hopefully that's a, that's a bounce back for, for Nat Fife that we've been scheduling for about 16 rounds now, Pistol. Well, look, if he does come home hard, he'll be valued for next season, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Nyhouse went from the uh, highest of high houses to the lowest of low houses in the uh, the space of a fortnight. I think that's uh, AFL football there for you. Um, interesting, um, as you said, that um, Glass gets his first game named on a wing. Um, hasn't really been setting it up uh, a lot in the VFL, um, but... As Clarko does, he uh, bloods one of them at a time, seemingly, for him to uh, to get that taste rather than uh, a whole bunch at once. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes um, goes the way of Cousins, has one or two games and uh, and heads back heads back out there, mate. Well, let's move on then to the next game. Uh, so it's a big one, Swans versus St Kilda at the SCG. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, the interesting thing was when the Swans played, because the Saints are such a pressure team, and so when the Swans uh, um, played St Kilda, you thought that it was going to be in and under, pressure from one uh, from one side, pressure from the other. The Swans actually played, altered their game style to attack St Kilda. They actually played uh, more of a slow type of game, a bit more of a keepings off to try and negate that St Kilda free-for-all contested footy kind of play. Um, so it'd be interesting if that was a deliberate tactic um, that they'll um, do again. It's going to be a little bit more difficult at the SCG because of the smaller dimensions, so it's naturally a little bit more of a slog fest. So um, big, big game in the terms of what's going to be in the final eight. Um, Callum Sinclair coming in for Sam Reed uh, with a groin. Um, Sam Reed again picking up an injury because that's just what he does. Uh, on, in the ins for St Kilda, we've got Rowan Marshall coming in for his debut, Billy Longer, Luke Dunstan, Blake Akers and Jimmy Webster. On the way out, Sam Gilbert, Daniel McKenzie, Tom Hickey, Ben Long and Josh Battle after his debut have been omitted. Sam Gilbert the, the, there with a hand injury. What do you think that means for Dylan Robertson there, Pistol? Obviously, Gilbert plays one of the more lockdown roles. Do you see that impacting Dylan Robertson's gameplay at all? Yeah, it's not good news for Robertson owners. Um, I think Gilbert has been taking out the third toll, as some would say, um, which allowed Robertson to rebound out of the back line. Uh, I think when they do play teams that have three talls, uh, Robertson will be required to play more of a defensive or, or more in a, definitely not an attacking role. And Webster's back as well, who um, is also more of an attacking player. So it will be interesting to watch. I don't think Sydney have really three talls, to be fair. So maybe this game, uh, Robertson will go okay. But something to watch in the future, given Gilbert's going to miss the next, uh, I think, month of football, so quite a while. Rowan Marshall is a 200-centimetre pretty much agile forward gun Chizo. He's very quick for someone um, his size, so I'm excited to get a good look at him this week. And Buddy's been in really good form lately. What do you think he... What's the damage that he could do to St Kilda this week? Um, I think Franklin at the SCG, he's basically within uh, within range whenever he gets the ball. Um, the, the thing that I like about... Um, the thing that I like about the way that Sydney's playing the game is that they're getting 
so many they're put they're keeping it in their forward half they're giving franklin those repeated efforts which is because uh, which is good for us one because he's incredibly inaccurate with that cannon of a left foot but it also gives him um you know not so much a seven point play for him but even when he misses a shot very very quickly he's in position to have another one because they get that turnover they get, they get that forward pressure um so i think that's absolutely fantastic from franklin and when you look at their forward line um you're looking at the gary rowans they've got kieran jack Heaney will probably play a little bit higher. Same with George Hewitt. Hewitt will play a little bit higher. He probably won't tag this week, but he will play higher up the ground, um, which is interesting because we did see Nick Newman playing a little bit time forward. I think it was towards uh, the the end of the Essendon game. He he spent some time actually localised in the forward 50, so um, maybe there's something there to why his, his, um, his scores have dropped off. But as you say... Um, Car, uh, sorry, um, Naismith and Sinclair will be rotating through the forward and the ruck line. It only really leaves Lance Franklin as that one tall. So you've got Nathan Brown and Jake Carlisle that'll be those tall. So hopefully Dylan Robinson can get that running game going. But particularly against Sydney and at the SCG, I really have fears that Dylan Robinson won't be able to keep his running game as much as we probably thought there, Pistol. Um, we'll jump into the next game, mate. One that I'm actually really excited for. I think this is probably game of the round for me, even better than the top of the table. And I think that's Richmond and GWS there, mate. Take us through that. <laughs> On the uh, Richmond side, there are only uh, changes to the extended interchange with Shai Bolton, Oleg Markov and Bill Corey Ellis coming in to the extended bench. Um, not sure if any of them are going to make into the final team, though. On the Giants' side, we have Caniglio back, which is a massive in for the Giants. Setterfield and Isaac coming into the extended bench. Not sure either of them will get a game this week. Um, looking at the extended bench, you'd, you'd guess someone like Matt DeBoer or um, Tendai Mazungu might drop out for Caniglio, but that's a massive in for... Uh, the Giants, who are still without um, their main man up front, Jeremy Cameron, who's missing again this week. Who would you? Who are you, who are you looking forward to watching in this battle? I mean, is it the Dusty Show? Is it the return of Caniglio? There's so much to to watch. Look, obviously, I love. Uh, I love Coniglio because I, I, I traded for him in the draft league and I've got that little bit of man crush on him now that uh, I need a, a, a number two to, to parish their pistol. So I do have some love for Coniglio. <laughs> he's obviously underdone because of that um, syndesmosis injury he had with his ankle. So um, he's going to be a little bit underdone coming in. Named on the extended bench, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him um, come in just as much as I wouldn't be surprised to see him actually sit out for this one. It is a very, very big game at the MCG. I, as you say, I'm not really expecting Setterfield or coming to get their first run, but I'll just run you through some stats here, Pistol, of uh, Setterfield's last game. He's had two two matches coming back from uh, an injury. Uh, in his, his latest one, 31 touches, two goals, and 18 tackles. 18 tackles, gee. He probably deserves a game. I'm not sure that will give him this one. But, geez, I think the... Uh biggest news of the game is Ivan Soldo does um, retain his starting ruck spot for Richmond, has to play up against Mummy, which is a big task, and Kirby Nankerman is named as centre-half forward. Look, I'm going to admit, Pistol, I've told everyone not to do it the whole entire season, but I had eight trades sitting there, and I did it. I went the Nank to Isaac Heaney last week. I took a punt. I've lost that ruck forward swing. But with those excessive trades, uh, I have taken a little bit of punt. And I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm going to sum it up 
um, now. So you, I can I, I know you've got that that gasp face going on. Um, Toby Nankervis, in his first real season of being a ruckman in the AFL, he's been in the system, but he hasn't been a full time number one ruck. Let's think about it. he hasn't had barely any backup during the entire season. He's going to be running out of gas. So they've obviously seen the very good um, idea to give Ivan Soldo that little bit of exposure. It's going to give Toby that little bit of, uh, that little bit of um, rest up forward. He's not going to be that number one ruck, particularly coming up against the guys of the Shane Mumfords and the like and the bigger teams that have those big ruckmen that can knock you around. It's... What I, I don't think they're going to be playing Ivan Soldo for the remainder of the season, but I definitely think that they're freshening him up because they they don't want him to be tired come first week of finals. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely... I, I saw that last week and was like, okay, this is not really something that I want to be a part of. Nank, for me, his role has changed. Even for a fortnight, even for three weeks, even for a month, it's going to change his output just that little bit because... Soldo is not the type that can go forward. Toby Nankervis has that goal-kicking background. If you look to his needful numbers, he played a lot of time as centre-half forward. So it's not that much of a surprise that that's where he's going to be named, particularly because they don't have a second tall. You've got Kane Lambert, Castagna, and Dan Butler, and Camden McIntosh. You've got no second tall in the Ruckman forward line. So it makes sense that, A, they can give that second tall... And they've played the whole season without a second tool, so at some point they need to try it and make sure that going with one tool forward is the way for their game plan. So um, I'm not surprised that they're giving him that forward time. I'm not surprised that they're giving Soldo that run of the ruck. But if I had to say, Soldo's in for a few weeks, maybe towards maybe a couple more rounds before the end of the year. Nank will be refreshed. He will be the number one ruck. So coming into finals in Supercoach, I can see his role coming back to what we had. But... I had to take a chance, Pistol, and that's just that, that. That's my explanation, and I just I'd love to hear what you think. <laughs> well, I'm going to knock your idea because I mean, in theory, it sounds good. Obviously, he scored 94 last week, um, so that role didn't seem to harm him too well. This week is a new week. If he does manage a good score again, then I might be calling your names on the next podcast, Cheese. So <laughs> got to keep that in mind. No, no, that's fine. It's nothing worse than you've probably already called me, so that, that that's absolutely fine there, mate. <laughs> um, it, my boy Silk Ellis from last year, you, uh, for those that still remember, um, so big on him. He's got such good disposal by foot, but he just can't win a contested ball to save his life. Um, he's, he's quick by foot as well, so um, I'm really looking forward to, to him um, really showing why he was a, a number one draft pick a few years ago for Richmond. Um, hey, mate, I'll let you jump through uh, Collingwood and the West Coast Eagles there, mate. I, I know you'll be absolutely looking forward to this uh, blockbuster. Your favourite bloke there, Mason Cox, is back in. <laughs> no, I'm actually uh, quite devastated. I have to read the words Scott Pendlebury out, well, Scott Prendlewick finger, I should say, because that's what it says, but um, in comes Rupert Wills, Greenwood, Phillips, and Cox on the extended interchange bench. On the West Coast side, you've got Chris Maston out, and Elliot Yo in, Tom Cole, McInnes, McInnes and uh, Carpenny on the extended bench. Cheezo, they've named Rupert Wills right in the centre. The Collingwood social media has literally been talking about this guy for the last couple of weeks. He's been dominating in the VFL they're pretty much just waiting for him to, to get healthy, get a couple of games in the VFL and play him. Um, they've just been talking him up so much. It's it's quite unbelievable. He's, I'd say, definitely going to play this week. 
Um, I'm not sure Cox is going to get a game, um, but I do expect Tom Phillips to make his way back inside. So there'll be quite a few changes. I'm not sure our uh, friend Scharenberg's going to hold his spot. Uh, I really hope he does, but it's... uh, I'd say more on the unlikely side than likely side, Cheezer. Well, I'm really hoping that he holds his spot because I, <laughs> I need now that Luke Ryan's out, I do need that defensive cover. So, and and to be honest, Sharonberg hasn't been doing anything wrong. Like you're, you're talking about a guy that's had his first, you know, run of AFL football. You got particularly with Bucks towards the end of the season. The season shot. You're probably getting asked at the end of the year. You fight like they've had one debutant this year. You know, like. They've got to give these guys a little bit of a run, and I think that Scharenberg um, deserves to keep his spot. Um, Tom Phillips coming back from that little viral illness, I think, um, will be in, because I do rate Tommy Phillips. He is a, a, a bit of an underrated player as well. Um, Rupert Willis has been absolutely killing it here, Pistol. I'll, I'll, I'll just read out some stats that um, you will enjoy. He's one of those contested beasts. Like uh, You've got the likes of um, uh, Trelaw and Adams and... Pendles and Sidey, who Sidey's definitely more of an outside player. They need that in and under, um, get the ball out to these kind of guys. And when Pendles goes out, that's the week that you definitely need that, um, that, that you know, that defensive contested mindset player. And that's what Rupert Willis is. Uh, and he's an 191 centimeters, so he's a he's a massive body for a midfielder. Um, a, a few games back, he's just come back from a calf injury. Before that, uh, 35 disposals, 17 contested possessions, 10 clearances which is a big stat because Pendles was the best first possession uh, clearance um, player at, the, at, at Collingwood and also 10 tackles. So he literally does it all in the VFL. So I think he's going to be a strong performer when he comes back. Um, and, and he's been there for a couple of seasons. He, he, he got a taste towards the end of last year. Um, he's going to get a taste at the end of, last, uh, end of this year as well. And just looking back at his stats from last year, he had games with 10 tackles, 11 tackles. Um, he... He's going to be one of those players that gives them that, that extra grunt that they need. So um, I definitely see uh, uh, Rupert Willis kind of filling that gap that, that Pendles has, uh, has vacated. Um, we all got hurt by Elliot Yo Pistol. Maybe not so much as, uh, as you did last week, mate. How did you feel about that? Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, sometimes when you're trying to be too clever and you're loopholing, you end up with the zero. It kind of makes you uh, regret <laughs> um, loopholing at all, that's for sure. Um, I should say quickly that Rupert Wills, if he's available in that draft league, I think he would be quite a good pickup or savvy before finals. And Chizo Pendlebury has a finger injury. You're probably going to know all sorts about that given um, the breakdown of the, the hip injury, um, Tom Lynch's, that you spoke about before. How do you see him going for the rest of the year? Do you think this will affect the way he plays? Do you think he'll play at all for the rest of the year? What's your, your gut feeling? I'd, I'd just like to point out, point out that you said breakdown, so um, I, that that should definitely go back to Pistol's puns as, as circa 2016 there, mate. Um, <laughs> Pendles with a finger, obviously without seeing um, the, the imaging that they did of the digit, I can't tell you exactly what's going on. Typically when they have to put a plate in, um, it's not a one-week thing. It's not a... It, it, I, I've done... Fingers myself in injury um, playing footy, and I know it's not, um, unless you're a super healer like a, a Scotty Pendlebury, it's not just one of these one-week things. I, uh, As soon as I heard the injury, heard he was going to surgery straight away, they were going to plate it um, the, to, to, to correct it, because it, it, it wasn't a what we call like a, a, a closed fracture or a fracture that... Um, uh, very close together in alignment. It was um, angulated, so they had to actually cut into the finger 
put a plate in, straighten the finger out and reset it because um, it just wasn't gonna heal as it was. Because they've done that, there's a little bit of extra healing that goes with it. It's not just chucking a cast on it and just waiting for it to get better or um, you know, putting a bit of strapping on it, taping a few fingers together like you see some, uh, some footy players do and it'll be fine. With that in there, it does take that little bit of extra healing because it's a little bit more invasive. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Pendle miss a fortnight, uh, but obviously these are done by really good orthopedic surgeons, and um, and the plastics team will be you know fantastic. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back in two weeks. Having pendles in my side personally, pistol, I am looking to hit the exit button on him because of his recent performance. I like the idea of having those extra trades, as I said. Um, I don't see the reason for me to hold on to him based on the trades. It's always situational to it. I am going Pendles to Joel Selwood this week. And uh, I am the one who likes to make all the trades, and I am suggesting to hold Pendlebury, especially a two-week injury at this time of the year. I'd rather save the trade. Um, Also, depending on your bench cover, some people do have a strong M9. And if you are wondering, oh, I guess we'll talk about that after the Brisbane game. Or this is a nice segue into the Brisbane game. Um, Dane Beams is at 396k, Chizo. So if you can afford to upgrade to him as your M9, stick Pendlebury on the bench for a week, um, then you're looking pretty good. But do you want to take us through the Brisbane vs Carlton game? Yeah, sure. Um, so on the Brisbane side of things, obviously at the G, Darcy Gardner, a paparone comes in. Michael Close and our boy Jake Barrett. Um, out goes Nick Robinson. Um, just like on a side note, Pistol, I absolutely love the Nick Robinson versus Dusty last week. I, I was just disappointed that um, that free got given away and just killed all the heat in that, that contest. Um, on the Carlton side of things, Harrison McCready, Dale Thomas, Dennis Armfield, um, uh, David Cunningham, Harry McKay, Billy Smets, Tom Williamson, uh, basically half their list coming in. Uh, out goes Dylan Buckley with a hamstring, Kieran Byrne with a groin, um, Liam Sumner omitted for about the 18th time this season, and Alex Silvani out with a knee who's going to miss quite some time. Harry McKay, one of the twins um, with his brother that went to North a few years ago, uh, getting his debut if he plays here, Pistol. Um, I like what you're saying about Dane Beams. I think if you have Greenwood... Would it not be a really good idea to kind of put Greenwood on the field and upgrade him to a Beams, or sideways him to a Beams, in fact, and then put Pendles on the bench? Um, that way you are increasing your scoring potential, um, well, potentially, of that um, M9 position. Is that something that you're looking at doing, Pistol? Um, that would be good in theory if you still maintain that DPP. Or, or it depends on your forward cover, because a lot of the time if you get rid of Greenwood um, to a midfielder only, then you're left with basically no one as your forward line cover so um, you don't want to do that you definitely want to have forward cover I would try and trade to a DPP fortunately um, I can afford to trade Luke Ryan to Dane Beams and just put Witherden into the back line so if um, you are able to do that I think that's a decent enough move Um, Chizo it's nice to see I know it doesn't really matter where their names because Doherty's been playing mostly in the midfield um, in the last couple of weeks but um, Dylan Buckley, who is out, and Kieran Burns out. Um, Doherty is now named in the back pocket, Chizo. So hopefully he can get a lot of um, plus sixes down back, as they say, getting a lot of the, the cheap ball against Brisbane and can lead to another big score this week. Well, it, it's act- in my opinion, it was actually hurting um, Doherty's potential playing higher up the ground because 
He is that that get out of jail free card that they have in the back line. They always look to him, particularly when they're going to do a switch, or particularly when they're trying to they're doing that run outside of the back fifty. They're looking to hit that leading target um, on the the, the half back flank or the, the wing, or even up to the half forward flank, um, depending how high is playing. When he was playing high, they lost that ability a little bit, just in my opinion. So. Um, it's good for for us that he is playing a little bit deeper for maybe this year, but it, maybe it hurts his DPP potential because he was playing a significant amount of time up. Um, I think in retrospect, like he probably, you know, we're, we're dreaming, we're wishing a little bit that he's going, he's going to get mid DPP, but um, it, it definitely doesn't help that he's playing um, backwards that that little bit there, mate. Um, Cruiser, I do want to touch on. We do touch, uh, we have touched on him a little bit. There was one stat that you you mentioned a little bit before. He's the only ruckman, only consistent ruckman that's averaging a hundred there this year, pistol, and not just averaging a hundred. He's averaging a hundred and ten, and there just doesn't seem to be any drop off, pistol. <laughs> I honestly can't believe it. I am in total shock that Matthew Caruso is averaging a hundred and ten and probably going to play the rest of the season. The guy's body's been broken for his entire career. Um, he's never really averaged too well, and he's just come out and gone ballistic and continued his form the whole season I mean I don't I would say I did not expect to be wrong but I'll happily admit that I made a very bad call suggesting not to get Cruiser as I think most people did and boy are we just copying it now he's in 7.5% of teams and they would be loving having him in the team Look, if we had a crystal ball pistol, we wouldn't be spending time doing this podcast. We'd be lining up things to buy with the bloody 50K. So um, if we knew what was going to happen prior to it happening, then wouldn't you think that we'd be advising people not to do it? <laughs> we, can, we can only do go on, um, only go on what we, uh, our instincts tell us and the numbers that we have. And the numbers that are popping up right now tell me that he's got a low of 90 since round seven. Like it's just, he's just been on a fantastic run. He had a blip three weeks ago and he got a ninety. You know, like it's just absolutely, absolutely incredible to watch him go about it. And you know, in his in his uh, his uh, run home, he's got a fantastic run home. He's got Brisbane, he's got Geelong, he's got Essendon, he's got West Coast, he's got Hawthorne, he's got Sydney, um, and he's still only in seven point eight percent of teams. And I'm almost. Um, I'm almost tempted to to look at him as more of a, a POD option because he's going to be compared to the likes of that I have at R2. I've got a Wits still sitting there because you know I'm happy with his his 90 to 95 he's putting up. But the scores that we can see just in his last two months: 121, 146, 132, 144, 135, 120. Just these monster scores that he puts out, pistol. So um, it, it is surprising that he has become that good, as you say. He's just perennially injured. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, you wish you could go back two months and grab him, don't you? Well, I think if you are training Goldstein this week, it has to be the cruiser. I don't think it's even worthwhile getting any other option. He's just almost 20 points per game better than any other option, Chizo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, that wraps up pretty much the uh, the round review. I think we've... Uh, sorry, the, uh, the, the teams. Um, we've touched on pretty much the guys that we want to trade this week. Um, Pistol, there's a lot of guys that are struggling for trades this year. I think you're one in that boat. Is it one of those situations where you should try and... Um, we've seen a lot of guys 
try and burn through those trades to get the best team they can on the can have on the park and you know um, get lucky and get through to the end of the year or are you subscribing more to maybe playing a greenwood this week and only using one trade um, and putting pendles on the bench and kind of holding a trade here and there to get you through the last couple of rounds of the year um, uh, or, or do you think that you should be pulling that trigger upgrading greenwood to a, a sellwood or a beams or something like that this week and just crossing those fingers that you don't have to play declan mountford next week I mean, if you have someone else other than Greenwood, you can at least loophole Greenwood this week and see how he goes. He plays on the Friday night. If he gets a good score, then you could just bench Pendlebury. If he gets a bad score, maybe you want to trade Pendlebury. Um, it depends really on your team. I think I'm um, just shouting out some cheap, cheap options. So we're going to ignore the Zerits and the Neils because I think everyone, every every person knows that they're good options. Um, maybe some cheap ones that people didn't consider. I mean, I, I'll say Beams. I don't know if people thought about him, but you've got Ebert who had 255s, which completely ruined his average. It was pretty much going 110 um, before that, so he's only at 467k. Um, you've got Fife and Trelaw at 508 and 510. Um, any other around the 500k mark uh, primers that you can see being worthwhile, Cheezo? Um, look, I'm a big fan of Nathan Fife, mate. He's uh, this this unheralded uh, unheralded player from Frio that. Um, I think at the the five ten five fifteen mark, I think he there is about um, now pistol five ten k around the, around that mark. I'd be looking at getting. I think one thirty nine and one twenty six across his last two. He's got a break even of forty four. Um, so he's re emerging as that that um, super coach um, gun that he was a few years ago. So um, if you're not looking at the Selwoods that are four hundred and fifty one k this week, um, I'd definitely be looking at a, a Nat Fife. Um, one that I do want to mention we've seen over the last probably six weeks the likes of Rory Laird and Taylor Adams kind of have little down periods um, we now that Pendles is out we'll see probably Taylor become more of that um, inside player take a little bit more control um, in the the midfield so it might come up with a few more points for him. Um, Rory Laird has obviously come back with 119 and 121. Um, there's still a lot of people that are tossing up the likes of Nick Newman pistol. I moved him on a couple weeks. What is your take on him, particularly because we have seen him kind of not hold that Jared McVeigh position across the half back? Now that McVeigh's in the team, he is kind of swinging from forward and back as a, a, a more of a, um, a less important um, cog in that team. Honestly, I'm not sure it's going to be worth the trade, but if you're hell-bent on trading Newman, I think um, the target that you should go forward probably Michael Hurley. It's probably a pretty obvious call. Um, Cheezo, I know you didn't answer my, my question originally, so um, I'll throw out some other random names. So you've got Steel Sidebottom, 516k. Um, you've got the Bonds at four at 520. Ollie Wines at 491. I think all of them um, present at least decent options. Not the best of the best, but um, obviously everyone's trade situation and cash generation situation is very different so we can't really answer everybody's question but we can um if you inbox us um or write on the wall post i should say or, or email us at drfcpod at gmail.com we'll do our best to answer your specific question um Chizo, did you want to go through some captaincy options look there's something i do want to touch on, uh, touch on because the first game of the round is obviously involving paddy dangerfield and rory sloan and i'm not saying rory sloan is a captaincy option pistol because clearly he's not he doesn't have his head screwed on right particularly the way he landed last week but paddy dangerfield <laughs> is there any reason if he is named and two minutes out from game time he isn't a late withdrawal is there any reason why we shouldn't put the vc on him 
No, you should definitely have your VC on Dangerfield. You'd be silly not to. Um, so I'm assuming we're just going to be talking about captaincy options this week rather than the vice-captaincy. Yeah, so uh, I totally to subscribe to that. That is um, um, Dangerfield is our number one option, particularly for that, coming on, basically running around on one league. He put up a 141 and kicked five goals. Yeah, I, I, one of those days I just wish he could have kicked straight. If he kicked 10-1... And scored like 300 in Supercoach and set a new record. That just would have been absolutely sensational. Um, but one of the guys that we talk uh, that we look at, you look at the the Saturday night game. Uh, sorry, the Saturday other game. You got a Zeret up against North Melbourne. I think he's going to absolutely kill it at Eddie Hat Stadium. Um, he has over the last couple of weeks increased his contested possession rate. Zeret, he was um, definitely more of an outside player. And one of the things that the Essendon midfield was lacking was contested possession grunt and that inside grunt. Um, and obviously with Joe Watson being out, that doesn't help. But Zeret did stand up last week with 15 contested possessions, which is really good. It's also really good for his score. Um, I also don't mind the Saturday afternoon game of uh, Gorn against Port. That's how much I think that those ins for um, Melbourne are going to help their pistol. Um, who else are you going to be looking at there, mate? Um, I think Bonson and Pelly this week, uh, Gold Coast obviously have some major outs missing gas and stuff. I think they're going to absolutely smash Gold Coast. So um, the Bont would be someone I'd be uh, considering. If you look at the Saturday night, I think it's tough to go past Buddy um, in that Sydney side. He could absolutely just destroy any team on his day at the ECG. So he's always um, a solid option. Obviously, Fife, Fife's been back. He, he also looks like a great option. Moving on to the um, Richmond GWS, I think Dusty or um, Josh Kelly both present decent options. Maybe not as good as the other ones that have been mentioned before. And uh, Zorko at the Gabba against Carlton. I know people might think, oh no, he's just coming off a 50 score. Well, pretty much he scored 196, um, you know, just the week before that at the Gabba. So I think you'd be silly not to consider Zorko. And there's always Doherty as well, who seems to be a safe option. Yeah, he's still averaging 125 across his last two, even with that <laughs> that 55 there pistol. Um, one thing I do want to mention uh, uh, versus the the Dockers at Domain Stadium is Titch. Titch is on an absolute run at the moment of uh, of 30 plus possession games. He's coming off 136, uh, five round average of 122, three round average of 132. I don't think you can go wrong if you do have him in your team there, pistol. He's one that I'd be more than happy to put the uh, the captaincy on there, mate. Yes, if I had, he would certainly be uh, a, just a safe option. But to be honest, I think Dangerfield, if he plays, is just going to go absolutely nuts against his old side. So it might even not be worthwhile even discussing anymore, Chizo, just because we'll probably be, be fine. Yeah. One of the things I did here, uh, we did get a few emails this week from community members that did want to know what they should... Uh, well, first off, they were emailing us asking if Danger was going to play like we've got him on speed dial that we can talk to him, Pistol, which I thought was amusing. Um, but they were pondering the question whether they should get rid of Dangerfield, cashing in his price of $784,000, and using that, that's hundred and eighty grand more than Titch. You know, that's, that's almost... Uh, um, it's almost... It's a ridiculous amount of money. It's $260,000 more than the bond that you can have. They were wondering whether there was any credence to trading out Danger and using that money to get, say, um, turning a, a, an Alex Witherden a, a, into um, an Uber premium um, or or the things like that. I think that that question has been answered because Paddy Dangerfield is 
still playing and you're obviously not going to um, trade him out. But there, there was a few coaches out there that, that seemed to think that they were able to trade out Dangerfield, use that cash to upgrade and then get him back in somehow was their plan, Pistol. So uh, I'm not sure they really think they thought that one through because if you spend all the money you make on him, you've got no money to get him back in, Pistol. So <laughs> that was one that I found <laughs> I found rather interesting. It was quite difficult to explain. Um but obviously, if you do have any questions there, community, we do love it when you hit us up on the uh, the email, DRC, uh, pod, uh, at gmail.com. I should let you do those, Pistol, because you're, you're the, the, the email guru there, mate. They always want to always talk to you, mate. I, uh, it's always about your advice, mate. Can you, can, can you tell us why? Have you, you've been paying these community members to make you look good. <laughs> I don't really know. I think um, it's just a... A bit of luck, maybe I'm, I'm feeling the effects of the last couple of weeks uh, with the everyday person relating to them, not like a JB and you, just flying <laughs> through without copying any injuries, pretty much copying it left, right and centre. I think um, not many people would have had the, the how-JPK late-out combo the other week as well, so um, yeah, just being battered and bruised, so very relatable uh, to most people, but uh, yeah, I think, think that's it, and also... Um, they just remember my name, Chizo. It's just like, yeah, what's that one guy? The one guy that's on on the podcast that starts with P. Yeah, I think I think that's how it goes. <laughs> the Chizo chase down, mate. I'll be uh, I'll be answering him from now on. Um, hey, we might as well touch in with the uh, cancer, cancer Victoria. Um, <laughs> you can find it out with JV. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not seeing this uh, donation from a, a P. Istel here for ten dollars for a Elliot Yo donut. So uh, I'm sure that will come up in the uh, the near future. Um, we're nearing $1,900 there, guys. Obviously, for the, our Cancer Council fundraiser that we've been running all year, if you do have a donate, uh, a donate, a donut, pledge a certain amount that you can put towards the Cancer Council. Uh, um, luckily for me this year, Pistol, I haven't had any donuts, so uh, I always said at the start of the year I'd donate 100 bucks if we did, so um, I'm pretty confident that we've got no more, uh, I've got no more donuts in the coming weeks, um, mate, so I'm, I'm happy with my donation that we've done so far there. Um also, this week, here, Pistol, I've got my hands on the championship ring that we're using for our Dr. Supercoach Keeper League. Uh, it looks really good on my finger there, mate. JB pretty much has it wrapped up. He sold all his youth to uh, pick up some experience to, to win, uh, basically uh, win it or bin it his, his team this year, mate. He really wants this little ring. So, guys, check that out. You do get the uh, um, the Dr. Supercoach uh, promo link. Uh, D, uh, it's... T-H-E-D-O-C, capital T, capital D, I believe there, Pistol. Um, and I'm pretty sure that pretty much, pretty much uh, wraps up everything that I want to talk to you about here tonight, Pistol. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Sorry about the audio quality as I am away, and it will be better in the coming weeks. <laughs> thanks a lot, community. We'll talk to you later.